Franklin. What's up? Hello. I like the blue. It looks good. Thank you very much. I wasn't sure about that. Actually, kind of on the hanger, I thought I looked like an uppity Walmart manager. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, do I go with nice. that? But why not? Um, yeah, so, but like, here you are in a tie and a vest. I got a hoodie on, guys. Okay. You're, you're an athlete, though. You're a pro athlete. I'm not. I'm a schmuck that's dressed up. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so we actually haven't seen each other in, gosh, I don't know. It's been at least probably four years, three years? Three or four, um, maybe. Because I, I came back to Missouri a couple times right before Christmas. And I, yeah. it was it was at Royal, I think. It was yeah. Good. So good times back then. I loved, I still remember that. I will always remember the, the Royal crew, Royal yeah. Barbells we're talking about. Um, and I loved when I would get a workout with you and Matt. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I loved that. So, um, so much fun. It oh. was, and I knew that it was going to be a great session. So it, 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 a great session to push myself and to watch you guys push yourselves, but also it was fun. You know what I mean? There was... Goofing off. Goofing off, but keeping each other off. accountable. Oh, goofing off a lot, a little, I think. A little working out, a lot of goofing off. That's but yeah, <laughs> but also a lot of accountability. You know, we, yeah. would, we would keep each other honest with... Uh, I remember one time I walked in the gym telling Matt, I was looking at the board, it's still when Coach Gallo would write it up there. And I think I was doing the comp training, and I looked at it, and I was like, man, that's a lot of deadlifts. And I was tired just from talking all day and all that stuff. And I said to him, I'm like, man, I'm tired, Matt. <laughs> and you know his face. He just kind of, we got no time for being tired in here. You put that in your pocket and get rid of it. Oh, that's funny. Was just, yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, so you, we, could, we could do that all day long. Um, Talk so about old times. Really, yeah. Um, you have done a ton of stuff in your athletic career. And it's always... It's crazy. To, I know it's crazy to think that though for people that know you, because you're just such a nice, humble person. You know, you can be quiet at times, um, but then very outspoken, especially like while you're working out. Um, but just everything you've done and how humble you stay and how cool of a person you are, yeah. I think is is awesome. It's unique. It's great to see. You're, I mean, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Um, so, what are some of your, I guess, current? Because you have records. You have national and world <laughs> records. Yeah. So, yeah, which is awesome. If I had one national record, I'd be walking out. I'd have a T-shirt that said it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but uh, so what are some of your, I guess, favorite um, national – any records, kind of what are your favorite, mean the most to you, uh, maybe some that you still have? Um, so in – What's up, Kevin? Powerlifting is what I have the biggest the, – the most records in. I mean, most people are familiar, but powerlifting is squat, bench, deadlift, in case you don't know. Yeah, um, big. And, yeah, so in 2000, what was it, 2007 in your 14? Okay. okay, go ahead. 14, I think it was 14. No, 16. Well, you started bodybuilding, you started bodybuilding in 2007, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge too. So bodybuilding kind of leads you into powerlifting, you think? Yeah, it did. Um, I got kind of burned out of power or of bodybuilding and I wanted to try something new. And I honestly, like it was more of an off season thing for me from bodybuilding. So I started powerlifting in my bodybuilding off season. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of ran with it. I just took it like I, I started getting really strong. I was like, Oh, okay, well, Hey, maybe I can take this somewhere, you know? Yeah. And, and I did. And I kept doing it and ended up taking it really far. Um, I went to the to Worlds um, in, uh, it was 2016. And um, I got first place in my weight class 
and I got second place overall mm -hmm. in that in that competition. It was worlds. It was the um, and now the acronyms I never can remember either. The uh, I I can't remember the acronym. I can for, look it up quick. But anyway. No, I'm sorry. The powerlifting. Okay. Um, but yeah, I ended up doing really well in that, and I held the I held the world record for a little while in the squat in my age my weight class. Um, of course, since then it's been broken. Um, but now that I'm older, too, like in the forty, you know, I'm forty one now. So in the forty plus, I'm actually third in the world uh, in my for my total right now. After I competed. Ooh, this past December, I competed in a powerlifting meet. So, so and you said um, at the worlds, and I I know what you mean, but like how set the stage for us of like is that like a local comp? You do obviously worlds, it's in the title, but I mean, how big of a deal is that? Um, it's I mean it's pretty big. It's the biggest powerlifting powerlifting federation that they have. It, USPA, that's what it is. USPA. And then the, I can't remember, that's the United States uh, division. And then there's a world's division. Anyway, you have to qualify for it. You have to have a certain total for your, to, to go on to that. So you have to do a qualifying meet and meet a certain total. And then you can be, then you can go on to worlds. Um, there were, it was, it was a two day event um, for just the women, you know, so mm -hmm. they, so they had, well, no, they had a separate day all, just for the women because we had there was so many women doing it. Yeah. Um, so it was in Las Vegas, kind of fun. That's but, what I was going to ask you next. Um, I remembered one that you did. It was a new thing that they did. Um, I think you did the. I know the first year and second year to where it was. Um, what was that called? Oh, uh, that Super League. Super League. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Is that still going on? Uh, yeah, they invited me to do it this past year, but I just there was so much going on. I just did. I was getting ready for that powerlifting meet, and I just mm -hmm. couldn't do it. Um, they kind of went to a virtual thing. Uh, uh, yeah, and it was just I just didn't have time to do it. That was such a cool thing. As it was started by a bunch of bodybuilders, right? I forget yeah. I seen it along, but some huge names. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it, mm -hmm. it was another invite only. Like, did you have to qualify for it, or was it just they looked at your current stats and they invited invited off of that way? It was. Yeah, you didn't have to do any kind of qualifications. You just had to send in, you know, your information. And yeah. I, I don't know. I talked to the guy that started it. He kind of did a little interview with me, type thing. Yeah. And then yeah. So then the first year, um, you know he invited me to come. And then the, of course the second year, I think I did it three years. Um, they just invited me back every year. That was so cool. Cause I mean, they had specific weights and it was like an arena. Yeah. Lifting yeah it, wasn't cool. it? I mean, yeah. if nobody has seen this, cause I only heard of it, I think through you. And I remember thinking like, this is so it's almost exactly what it says. It's a super league. Yeah. It, they invite the top athletes and they created an arena for you guys. And like, it's a very like war, Roman Coliseum looking event. Yeah, it was dark and had all these lights coming in. And I mean, yeah. Really neat the way they did it. It was really cool. I, I, I'm hoping it gets bigger. You yeah. Know, keep trying to grow it. Um, I, like, with COVID and everything, I don't know if it really is. I think, yeah, I think with COVID, once, well, if the restrictions of COVID ever go away, I would see that as something blowing up big. I mean, nobody, but just when I first saw it the first year you were doing it, remember thinking looking at it like this is something different yeah it's very cool this appeals to a lot of different people 
Yeah, and I mean, they, they took, um, they basically like took your, they took your bodybuilding, they took your actual physique, mm -hmm. they took your strengths, your, you know, your weightlifting and your strengths and your physique and combined it. Yeah. For four. So it wasn't just like bodybuilding where it's just your physique or, you know, powerlifting where it's just your, your strength and your, your weightlifting. They, they combined it, which was really cool. You know, I thought like, you gotta be strong and you gotta look good. <laughs> it was designed to find your weaknesses. It was, it was designed to blow your weaknesses up basically. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I That's mean. awesome. Okay. So, um, again, something else we could talk about all day cause we didn't even get into CrossFit yet. <laughs> yeah. But so just to review from the past couple of weeks, um, a couple of things that I've talked about with some different people, um, was negative bias was a couple of weeks ago. And that's a huge one because uh, it is our human tendency to be more likely to remember or be influenced by the negative experiences, thoughts, or images. As yeah. human beings, that's what we want to do. That's the easy thing to do every day is, is remember and almost highlight if your life is, you know, a script, let's highlight those negative things and then continue to look at those. Um, so how, with everything you've done, it sounds like you kind of got over that really quick. Plus it's really cool in one of your bios, um, you even said it yourself, like there's no time for negativity. So how did you kind of, I guess, develop that mindset? Was it developed early on? Was it something you figured out like, Hey, there, when, I guess, when did you find out that there's no time for negativity? You know, I've, I've kind of always been a positive person. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always been an upbeat person. I've always tried to uh, just be happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I so mean, of course, I have my days just like anybody else. Yeah. But and I don't know if it's it just it's just the way I am. Um, but I do remember one thing um, that happened and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let that bother me. But it was after the very, almost the very first time I competed in bodybuilding, you know, I had somebody comment like, Oh, you look like a man. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here like I'm five, foot two, 105 pounds. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I'm not a man, but that sticks in my head as one of the negative things that, that I see and I hear about, you know, the world of, of lifting period. And, um, and how, you know, you're going to look like a man or something like that. Well, obviously I'm not, but I also, you know, I take that negative and I, and I try to turn it around. Like, no, I am a strong, beautiful woman. Yeah, I have muscle, but I have feminine, I have feminine, I have pretty muscle, you know, I'm not going to look like a man. And right. so I just kind of take the ne negativity and turn it into something positive. And then, yeah, you can almost turn that into a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Because totally. it shows right there that in what you've chosen to do, you're succeeding because you have the muscles. And that's another time, once you can realize that people like that are just haters, then it's yeah, like, exactly. they're going to hate. Most of the time, they're hating because they're jealous of you doing something. Yeah. That yeah. They didn't have the fortitude or the will or the discipline or drive to do. They, lazy people, it's very easy to hate. Yeah. I think once we can realize that, that the negative, like, well, I'm getting this hate because uh, they're jealous. Right. And that, but that's hard, you know, like anything else, it's practice. We have to practice um, working on the positive things. And we have to, um, I say this all the time, but it comes up again with the negativity. Um, we have to be self-aware to self-regulate. If you're aware that you get kind of triggered, that's a huge thing we use in the army a lot in our resilience training. And I tell it to my kids all the time because it ties into so many different things. 
that if you are self-aware of the things that bother you, I don't want to use the trigger word because it's so overused right now, but if you're aware of what bothers you, if you're self-aware, then it's easier for you to be able to self-regulate. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. what you did there. So. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I always try to look at anything negative. I always try to look at the other side of it and flip it around and look at the positive. Mm -hmm. Anything, anything. Um, like, so for instance, today I've been having some shoulder issues and uh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I had to really, really back off the workout and scale and, you know, and I was getting pretty negative, you mm -hmm. know, because I was, I was bummed, you know, yeah. and I was hurting and, and it actually took one of my friends to come over to me and say, you know what, when I see you scaling things and I see you uh, taking care of yourself, it gives, it, it gives me hope and it makes me feel like I'm a better athlete for it. And, you know, she's the one that turned it around and made it positive. And mm -hmm. then of course, in my head, I'm like, you know what, I helped one person today feel better about themselves because of what I was doing. So I immediately changed my my thought and I immediately became more positive for the rest of the day, you know? Yeah, so. that's a huge thing that we rarely think about is how we impact people, whether we know it or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially like you have the, the ones in the gym that you know, as soon as you get there and you're dropping your bags of gear and stuff like that, wherever you're looking, whether you know it or not, you know, like subconsciously, you're looking for your, the people that motivate you. You're looking for where's Leslie at? All right. Yep. There she is. Killing it. <laughs> Matt, where's coach Gal? Where's he at? Cause you're looking at that and people feed off of you and that the impact you have on people without even knowing it is crazy. Yep. Yep. That's like anybody, like I try to talk to everybody too, if I can in the gym, you know, I try to, I try to really talk to everybody and be friendly and, put a smile on and, and just try to be that positive influence. Yeah. As much well, as I, I don't can. want to jump around too much. You've said a few things that we're going to get to in a, a few minutes, but the last thing on negative bias is um, we can fight our brain's negative bias by appreciating and lingering on the tiny positive moments uh, you experience day to day. Uh, like we've already mentioned, that's kind of summing it up, picking out those things. Um, and then even like the relationships you talk about, like the good interactions with people, you can't yeah. have good interactions with people if you're not interacting. Yeah. And that's sometimes you just don't feel like it, whatever. Um, but that's a, a big thing we need to remember. The last thing we'll review um, is just uh, being proactive really quick. And that's just creating or controlling a situation uh, by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it's happened. So let's make something happen rather than reacting to it. To be proactive in things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that you're kind of the epitome of that. You have to be with everything that you've done. Um, when you don't feel like necessarily doing something or being proactive when you know you need to, um, well, I guess, first off, have you had those feelings? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah <those days. laughs> I mean, I'm like anybody else. Like, some days I do not want to go to the gym. Yeah. I, and some days I do not want to eat right. You know, I, I want to eat a donut just like everybody else. Uh, you know, I mean, and so there, I have a stage where I just do not want to go to the gym, you know. Sometimes I have to listen to myself and listen to my body. Yes. There's and, a huge difference. Yeah, there is a huge difference in that. Knowing being, again, self-aware to self-regulate. If you know your body's getting beaten up, you're self-aware of that, then, you know, but that's a very, it's a very distinctive line. I think that's a whole different rabbit hole we could go down, but being self-aware to regulate that, getting hurt some more, or being aware and then using it as kind of an excuse. It's like, well, kind of sort of day. So I think that's a tricky line we have to um, establish Oh, 100%. Like, you can yeah. tell like, if it's just your brain not going one to go to the gym or if it's your yeah. body. 
Yeah. You have to decipher that between, yeah. you know, you have, is it actually my body hurting or is it my brain wanting my body to hurt because I don't want to, because I'm being lazy yeah. today. Yeah. You know? So let's just say though that um, it's a time where you are not injured or don't need the rest, but you don't feel like going. What are some things that you've done or said to yourself to kind of get you there? What do you do in those times? You know, I always yes. have, I have to have a goal. Like my mm -hmm. thing is, I have to have a goal, whether it's a competition or like, I mean, setting a PR in the gym. I mean, some sort of goal. And for me, it helps me to have those goals and to remind myself of those goals. Like, I'm not going to get better unless I go to the gym. Right. You know, and so I have to play that over in my head. Like, if I don't want to go to the gym, but that's not going to make me better sitting at home eating a donut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm only going to get better at whatever I'm doing if I go to the gym or, or the food even like if I, if I eat that, I keep going back to donuts cause Gavin had donuts this morning. <laughs> um, so if I go back to that, like, you know, am I going to get better if I eat this donut? Is this going to actually be the, you know, I have to play that in my head over and over again. And then finally I'll be like, okay, go to the gym, quit being lazy, you know? And that's dangerous too. Cause it only takes one time, you know, of doing that, staying on the couch and having a donut. And then that's gonna, it's very easy to continue to fall off from there. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. No no, ball. No, you know, no, again, no, either way. And it's, that can be dangerous too. And then the kind of the harder you fall, the harder it is to get back up. And then the older we get, the harder it is to get back to even oh, where yeah. we were or farther, you know, um, a lot of times like, yeah. Um, for me, a lot of times I will just, if I don't feel like whatever it is, the gym or classes when I'm still doing them, whatever, if I didn't feel like doing it, I just start, okay, don't think about it too much. Just change into my gym gear. If I'm going to change at home or just, okay, get in the car, get your bags packed and start driving to the gym. That's it. That's the goal right now. It's almost like, Hey, this set, we're driving to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> you well, get you there. Know, I, I also am a trainer, a personal trainer and coach mm -hmm. and stuff. And I, so a lot of times I tell my clients too, like, Okay, maybe you're having it. Maybe you're just tired today, but you know what? Any workout is better than nothing. Yep. Any, anything in the gym is better than nothing. Just yep. go and move. Like, you don't yeah. have to push yourself 100% every single day. Yeah. You know, if you're having a day where you don't feel the greatest, just go to the, self, go to the gym and push yourself 60%. Do what? I, uh, my buddy Q chimed in. Uh, he wants to know what subs you take. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> Dark Elements just joined us. Um, great friend, great company. He's got some really good pre-workout and a pump. Um, so real quick, what uh, subs do you use? Well, I mean, you probably know. Long, we have long, a supplement company. Yes. Uh, yeah. So so we just started our, our uh, company. I'm trying to get these words off real quick. Okay. Um, we have Fat Muscle Project. Um, I wore my Fat Muscle shorts and hat today. I saw, so I saw yeah. a video where you had your shorts yeah. on. Um, we, we used to just be apparel. Well, mm -hmm. back in May, we decided to go ahead and, and try to do supplements. Well, it took off. Like, we are so blessed that we have so many people that, that trust us. And, yeah. like, it's been taken off, and we're just growing, growing, growing. But we have – we do protein – whey protein powder. We have creatine, glutamine. We have L-carnitine now. Um, we have pre-workouts. We have multivitamin, vitamin D. And honestly, I don't really take pre-workout. I don't like mm -hmm. to overstim myself. Yeah. Um, I'll drink a cup of coffee uh, here and there. And um, but we we have 
we have actually something called hormone optimizer. I'm not trying to sell. No, you're good. It's, but, it sounds like actually we may need to do a, another live one. Maybe Q and I, because he lives in town here. Um, maybe yeah. Q and I can join you and John and go live together and talk supplements. Sure. Yeah. That would be cool. What do you think of that, that Q? Fun. Yeah. Because uh, we could talk again. That's something else we could talk all day. Um, oh, I know. Things. All day long. I, I know. <laughs> so um, I didn't realize that y'all had blown up that much with the supplements, I don't think. Because I take all my first form stuff. I get them from my boy Adam there at Supplement Superstore in Missouri still. Yeah. Um, but oh, I didn't realize how big it had gotten. So. What's that? They ship them to you? Oh, yeah. They, he, That's Adam's cool. taken care of me forever since Nick retired. And uh, I mean, in Afghanistan, I don't think I was getting from him in Iraq, but oh yeah, all over the world, real quick. That's amazing. All the time. That's yeah, amazing. we still send each other memes and everything. Let's see, uh, are they pre-formulated? Q, we will get start a list of questions, dude, because we will do a, I think a live one about supplements altogether. Um, last thing on where to go? What were we on? Proactive. We yeah, were, yeah so proactive. The big thing with that is we are responsible for our own behavior and our own actions. That's what people, they want the um, overnight fame, instant gratification, but they don't want to be proactive in, in working towards it, um, you know, and then get mad when they're not where they want to be um, or fall off. You know, we have to realize that we are responsible for our own behavior, what we do or what we don't do, just the same. For sure, definitely. So, um, all right, let's get to... I guess consist consistency, you know, is one of my things too, that, that I tell my clients, I tell my friends, like, if you're not consistent with everything, with the gym, with uh, your nutrition, you know, you're never going to see the results. You have to be consistent constantly, you know, all the time to see those results, like you were saying. Yeah. And that can be hard again, because like we just talked about a couple minutes ago, you have those times where you don't feel like it. Um, and you don't want to, uh, and I mean, we all have struggles. You, you're on it real good, you know, real solid, but then everybody falls off for a little bit, but then it's about getting back after it. And um, one of the great books that I have, I need to reread is from Jocko Willink. Um, he's another former SEAL and his book is called uh, Discipline Equals Freedom. And the book is almost like a, it's not really a book that you just read through. It's almost like a manual um, to how discipline equals freedom and it is it's titled field manual and oh, wow. it said yeah like i mean a lot of people love this book it's freaking dope uh, jocko's a stud too he'll get you going um and uh very no bullshit kind of guy it's where it's just once you have the discipline then you're free of everything it's not a choice or a worry or a feel or do i feel like getting up tomorrow at seven do i feel like going to the gym after that? do i feel like it's not it's once you have the discipline to do it then you're free because you know it's not a choice as if you get up at that time and eat what you're supposed to. It's not a choice if you go to the gym when you're supposed to. It's not a choice if you do the diet plans when you're supposed to. You've already established that that's what you're doing. You have the discipline to do it. So now it's it's a freedom. You don't have to worry about these things anymore. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it covers everything. It's an amazing book. I need to read that again. Um, but moving into um, resilience or being resilient, which kind of – all these things tie into um, resilient. Uh, the definition, again, I like to start, we use all these words all the time, but uh, it fascinates me to just take one of them and look up the definition and kind of go from there again. Cause again, words get thrown around so much and, you know, oversaturated. A lot of the meaning goes away. So just to look at the basics was in the dictionary, resilient definition is a person or animal able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. 
and I really liked how it said person or animal because it's um, it's about survival, bottom line, you know, to live, um, strive, and then survive. Uh, you have to be able to withstand or recover quickly from the difficult conditions, whether it's a freaking animal living in the forest or jungle or whatever, or being a human being on this planet that's tough, it's going to kick you down. You know what I mean? But being able to withstand or recover uh, quickly from that crap. So in some of your, I guess, losses or meets that you expected to do good or CrossFit comps where you thought you were tuned in and ready to go, any disappointments that you've had, how do you kind of keep moving from that? How do you stay resilient if, if it were? I kind of use it as motivation. I turn it back around mm -hmm. and use it as motivation, you know, to get better. Like I, you know, I didn't, maybe I didn't do as well as I thought, or I didn't beat somebody or that I wanted to beat. I try to, I try to turn that back around and make it motivation for the next time, like motivation to get better next time, like motivation to work harder um, and push myself harder and, and, you know, just to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I know a lot of times you remember those in training sessions. Cause how does that feel when that happens? You mean like if you don't make yeah. the disappointment and stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm let down. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you're like, I trained so hard for this. And then I, you know, I go and I get third place whenever I know I could have got first. Or and I mean, yeah, it's a huge letdown because you put blood, sweat and tears into this thing, you know, and it's like, it's like, oh, okay. So now, you know, what do I do? Do I mope about it? Do I sit here and mope about it? Or do I do something about it? And I, I always try to turn it back around and do something about it. Like I said, like we were talking about earlier, be positive about it. Use it, use it as fuel for your fire. And I think that's where, absolutely. And I think that people get too hung up around failing. You know, they want to just circle and orbit around their failure. Um, you see it all the time on different memes. Different people have said it. Like, it doesn't matter how many times you fall. Just, it matters how many times you get back up. We're all going to fall. We're going to fail. And it's easy to stay down there because it's comfortable. Yeah. You know? But well, it sure. doesn't matter how many times you fail, you have to get back up. You know, like so, Gary B. Go ahead. Well, I was going to mention, like, you know, there, I've had this thing in my, I'm like, always second place. It's funny because <laughs> I've never actually gotten, I mean, I've gotten some first place, but the big ones that mean something, I've never actually gotten first place. Mm -hmm. Like, I got second at Worlds. I actually got my IFBB Pro card, but I was second place. I didn't actually win. I got second place. So I got my pro card because the first place girl had got her pro card in something in a different or in another category. So it's like, I've always been second place, but I, I use that as motivation. You know, I, I try to turn it around like, okay, so now what do I need to do to be first? You know, constantly trying to turn it back around to be first. Um, but yeah, one year I, I was going for my, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, one year I was I was going for my uh, natural pro card in the NAMBF, and it was my third year in a row. I had gotten – I won my class. I was in the overall the first year, and I, I didn't win the overall. I was basically, like, third in the overall. The second year I won my class, and I got basically second in the overall. The third year I come in, and I'm like, okay, this is my year – you know, I keep moving up. So I end up getting fifth in my class. So I didn't even make it to the overall. 
Yeah. So like, I, I mean, I was devastated, you know, I was devastated. I was like, that was my year to win, but did I quit? No, I didn't. I didn't just quit and bail. I used that for fuel and I kept training. I took some time off cause I needed it after, you know, three years of competing, took like four years off, came back and won my pro card and looked the best I've ever looked. And, you know, so you just got to turn it around and, and make, make it better. And the difference of feeling of like when you failed something and then when you hit that pinnacle, what's the difference in the feeling? Knowing that you went through everything you needed to do, you got up, you went through everything and then boom, you're there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing whenever you work so hard for it, you know, and, and then you get it after however many years, I can't even remember how many years it was, but like it doesn't come easy. It doesn't necessarily come easy to me, you know, so I had to work my butt off to get there. And once you finally get there, it's just, it's like, it's overwhelming, you know, it's just amazing, amazing feeling. And it's kind of the same with the gym and business. Cause you guys, you and John are just killing it on both sides. Um, and I love how Gary B. I love that dude. One thing he says is fall in love with losing. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. Fall in love with losing. Cause that's going to give you so much experience that's and you're going to learn so from much from it. Yeah. Yep. You learn from it. And then if you just, you embrace that and you actually like, obviously it's not to lose and stay there, but he's saying it in the sense of falling in love with losing and learning from the opportunities that that's presenting now. Right. That's, uh, I, I forget, I got my notes somewhere, but um, it was a great quote. Uh, actually, I think my boy Dustin had sent it in on the comments. Uh, something about like, you divorce the knowledge from failure if you don't continue. It, that's loosely quote, but I mean, I really liked how it said you're divorcing that knowledge and experience. It's yeah. like, you're, you're letting it go. You're leaving, you're wasting it when it was there and you're just brushing it aside if you don't continue. Yeah. Um, so I think it's the same with business also. Um, I don't know if Q is still in here cause he's got his company. He trains people also. And then you guys are killing with the subs and the training and everything. So do a lot of these tendencies for you kind of carry over in the gym and on the business side? Oh, absolutely. You know, the train, you know, training clients. I mean, I started out, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be honest, you know, and over the years, like we have just learned so much because, because of what we did wrong. Like for, mm -hmm. well, even on myself, like what I've done wrong on myself, what I've done wrong with my clients, you know, how I, how, I, how can I approve? How can I improve and make that better and help them better? You know, and, and over the years, you know, since we started in 2008 training clients, like we, we have learned from all those failures over the years. And that's why how we've become better trainers and how we've become such good trainers now is because of all the years of failing and all the years of doing shit wrong. Now, now I mean, we're still learning, you know, constantly learning. Um and, and it's a, you know, we'll keep learning forever until we, you know, until we die. <laughs> yeah. It was put a great way. Last week I was talking to my busty, uh, busty buddy, Dusty G Fuller. Uh, <laughs> he had said, you have to continue um, to adapt in order to evolve. I mean, mm. it almost sounds like that's exactly what you said. And we, we have to do that. Absolutely. We have to adapt to things um, and evolve with it. We can't do the same all the time. The world is going to keep spinning. It's going to keep evolving. We have to be able to adapt and evolve with that to be successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like in, I mean, in our training business, um, I've started learning about hormones and blood work 
and I've been reading or listening to so many different podcasts on, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, just learning so many different things about uh, reading blood work and actually getting blood work and being able to read it and use that on clients to tell what's going on in their body to get them to lose weight. Because, you know, over the years, it's like you, you have this one client that you can just not get to lose weight. No matter what you do, this person will not lose weight. And it's like, they've got to be doing something wrong. Well, no, it's not them. It's actually, it's actually in their body and their blood work. And so now we're, I'm learning about blood work and how to treat, not treat, but how to, you know, use supplements to help regulate different things, hormones and all that kind of stuff in their bodies. So it's like a constant, and we didn't know about that. I don't know, four, four or five years ago, we had yeah. no idea, you know, and now it's a game changer, you know? So think about, I mean, like even five years now, from five years from now, I wonder what we're going to be learning next, you know, it's. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be insane. Yeah. It continues to get crazy. And it's so funny yeah. too. You get out of it, even for just a minute, the whole industry, and then you come back in, it seems like everything has changed if you even step away for a month. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it totally does. hundred percent. Like I said, in the last couple of years, the changes that we've made in the way we train clients has been, I mean, a huge change, huge difference. And I think a huge thing that helps too, um, again, we talked about it last week with Dusty, is like you have to love learning. And it's oh, key, yeah. and I think that you guys do this on many levels you love that because you are getting the best for your client um you're figuring out problems you're make you're adapting to evolve and y'all are some of the lucky ones that you found what you have fallen in love with you found your passion i think a lot of people you know if you need to find whatever they're passionate about because then you're going to love learning about it maybe that's just an, an age thing i know as i've gotten a little older a little more seasoned i actually appreciate and enjoy learning about things now Oh, yeah. It's like sure. a different perspective. You change your perspective. You find something now. You found whatever it is, whether it's fitness or business or degrees or writing or, or whatever it is. You find something that you're passionate about, and you're going to love to learn. Um, absolutely. And that's going to continue to make not only yourself better, but those around you even better and allow you to do a better job for, you know, society, humanity, whatever. And you're going to feel good. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean – it's like in school we were forced to learn things and we hated <laughs> it, you know. But now that we're older, it's like I want to learn more about this thing that I love. I, I want to learn more about it, and and yeah. then, and then in turn, you know, our clients are happier, you know, and we keep, you know, can keep getting more and more clients because we love what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and I, it's hard to. It's very easy once you found what you're passionate about. A lot of people, you know, I think struggle kind of finding what their what their passion is going to be or what they're going to fall in love with learning about. Um, was it, er, it was early on, I guess? Was it when you were six and got in gymnastics? I know that's a real small child, but when did you know that kind of uh, athletics and fitness things were, were your passion? I, you know, honestly, it was probably when I was in high school. I always loved fitness. I always loved, like, I did gymnastics, and then I played soccer. Um, I was a cheerleader for a little while. Um, and I think in high school, I actually took a weight training class, and that's when I actually decided that I actually am pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah. I really like this. I like this feeling. I like doing this. Um, and then I just kind of ran with it, you know. Uh, 
played played uh, college soccer and we lifted weights and stuff then and then and then you know after college I decided I I needed to keep active and wanted to compete in something and that's when I started doing the 5k's and the 10k um, and I did almost every weekend I would do a 5k go run and and I would usually win my my age group uh not always but sometimes and now I hate running so I don't know what that was all about yeah. yeah yeah and then I and then I started in on the bodybuilding thing and just kind of ran with that again lucky to have almost fallen into it we almost kind of fell into that right through the cheerleading and things like that uh, but I think for people that are trying to find what they're passionate about one of the key things is to get out of your comfort zone oh it's for sure so easy to stay inside our comfort zone that we've created um, you can want things from there all day but you can't get them uh, and you can't find what you're passionate about until slash unless you get out of your own comfort zone and try things. Because uh, if that road hadn't taken you to that, then you may have never found it. I'm sure you would have found it somewhere. But that kind of fell into your path. Other things, you may be older, um, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. And it's like, well, I'm still just living this life. I don't know what my passion is. Well, start trying different things. Mm -hmm. There's so many things in every city. It's so funny because people are the same all around the world. I've been a lot of places, a lot of cultures, societies, things like that. People, human beings typically are the same everywhere you go. And especially cities in America, anywhere you go, there's going to be things to do. Just Google, you know, active.com, you're going to find all your 5Ks, triathlons, fitness events. But then just Google things to do near me. You're going to find things. Like I'm in North Carolina, there's some awesome mountains and trails around here I need to go check out. Um, Springfield Mo, there's a ton of stuff. You can go do the hiking um, kayaking, all that type of stuff. Find out what's around you and just give something a try. How many community wads or community things do they do on Saturdays where you can oh, go yeah. and try something for extremely cheap? Um, maybe you're not comfortable around people you don't know. It's a great chance to go work on that. Um, maybe you're not comfortable with something, but it's going to be, that's the perfect opportunity to get a taste of that, build some relationships and find out if you're going to like the feel for that. A photography class, an art class, whatever it is, try these things because you don't know until you've gone and tried something. And those types of Saturday events typically are the best ones because they're cheaper, they're guided, they're going to walk you through it. There's going to be other people that haven't done those types of things. Um, I didn't mean to go on a rant, but... <laughs> no, I agree with everything you're saying. There's easy yeah. ways to get out of your comfort zone, and I think that that's one of them. You don't have to, well, okay, I, I want to try running. You don't have to sign up for even a 5K. If, if five miles is too much, then start with a, um, a couch to 5K. If you're not sure about hiking, do a hike that's guided, you know, in one of the parks around. You're just going to have to, the heart, again, like we talked about when you don't feel like going to the gym, show up to the thing. Sign yeah. up for the event and show up and see what happens. You know, don't, you don't have to have any expectations. And I think life has gotten a lot easier, too, um, when I've just stopped expecting things, I guess, from people, from situations. And it's not, I don't mean to say that in a negative sense at all, but just if you don't have any expectations, you go into something open. I think and you're more um, able to be in the moment of, of where you're at and what's going on. And then if it was great, that's even better. If it was just kind of like, meh, then it was like, it was still a good time when you went and you were open to it. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I, you know, when I first started CrossFit, I was scared to death. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this. This is scary. Like I, you know, but I did it and I fell in love with it and, and I've 
kept doing it. And then I decided to move to another gym um, closer to where we live. And honestly, that was probably scarier than anything because mm -hmm. you don't know anybody. Don't know anybody there. Um, you don't know how they run classes. You don't know how they do things. Um, and that was that was one of the hardest things for me to do was actually go to this new gym and and just with a whole bunch of people I don't know um, and then and get going, you know. And I mean, that was difficult. But I did it and I got over that hurdle. <laughs> and now I love it, you know. Yeah, and how quickly, though, do you get comfortable at a new gym? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was comfortable within the first 30 minutes. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and, and most people at most gyms are going to be super friendly. Um, but I think, you you know, you always have this uh, this idea of gyms and, oh, all these meatheads in there or something. But it's not that way. No, you know? not it's at just all. Ever, they're just the same as you trying to work on themselves. Yep. Just like everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And I think I've talked about this probably in both prior weeks because um, that's such an easy perspective. That's the perspective you have as a new person going in, right? Yeah. Like whether you're already at a top fitness level, whether you're RX, scaled, newbie, whatever. Even like you said, because you're a well-established RX athlete, going to just it, the fact that it's a new CrossFit gym, you're kind of like bug-eyed and kind of like, okay, new place. But you're already totally established. But then even like the new people – like, so that's a good thing for the noobs, the any sports, gym goers, CrossFit, that like, hey, an RX athlete with world titles feels the same way you are going into a new gym. Everybody does it. And on the other side to that, going back to the Royal Barbell days, like I remember when I was a noob there, you know, I didn't have any gear yet. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I just kind of show up and like, what the hell's going on and scale yeah. stuff, you know, and the first goal was, okay, I'm going to do this workout scaled you know and i hit that I was like yeah and then i do some of those and then start doing some rx stuff work my way up um but i think on the other perspective to that like when we were at royal with such a great crew i know we would look at it um kind of like the new people coming in uh, of course we're going to kind of watch and see how they do those people that just continue to show up they it's it's awesome we give them automatic respect because like hey they keep showing them. you don't need to oh, know you don't need that's what they don't realize is like I say we, like I'm anybody, but like, we don't care that you're coming to the gym and don't know anything, but if you come in and you're coachable and you keep putting out, that's automatic respect. And the people, yeah. they don't realize that. And the, the regular gym goers, the people that are there, you know, they love to see that new people coming in and getting better. Mm -hmm. That's typically, like you said, mo and again, most people, 90% of the people in the gym are going to be awesome and open and love to teach and coach and help you along the way. So for the noobs out there to whatever it is, just realize that you have people that are rooting for you and simply by you showing up, that's respect. Absolutely. And I think even, you know, you have to, even for newbie people versus, you know, people that have been there forever, we all have our insecurities mm -hmm. and we all have whatever we're working on in the gym, you know, um, and we all are, nobody's, nobody's, 100% great at everything. So we all have our weaknesses. We all have our, our insecurities. And I think anybody needs to think about that when they go into the gym, like a new person, you know, you go into the gym and you see this person over there muscled up, you know, and they look like they, they know what they're doing, but they have their, their own self doubt and their own uh, insecurities, just like anybody else. Yeah. Absolutely. Their weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's and that's kind of I mentioned earlier. Like human beings are the same all over the planet, for the most. Yeah. Part. You know, we have the same needs, wants, desires. We all have to eat. We have to sleep. 
Um, we all have kids. We all have problems. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who you worship or, you know, different things like that. Like human beings are the same with the same issues. Yep. Yeah, but we just spend too much time focusing on our differences rather than similarities. Right. And I guess yeah. it, and I don't, I don't want to get off on that tangent because that's another long one. Um, I think the last thing for um, being resilient that I want to talk about is just a, an easy thing that you can do. And again, like anything else, whether it's an exercise in the gym or a business practice, whatever, it's something that's pra you have to practice it. You learn how to do it and you're not going to be great overnight, but you continue to do it, whether it's getting rid of the negative, finding the good. This helps us focus on the good things. Um, so it helps us counteract negative bias to create positive emotion, which is huge, uh, and to notice what is good. And then if you want to, it's an easy, such an easy thing to do. I do it all the time. Uh, well, not, I do it when I need to because it's there. I know how to do it. And if I am kind of self-aware, I'm like, hey, pissed off. I'm in the dumps. You know, I'm not thankful for anything. Oh, oh, woe is me. Then I can use this real quick. And uh, if you want to keep a log of it, you can do that, too, to the other extreme. Like record three good things in each day and just reflect on them. Jot down three things. And it's completely up to you what they are. There is no stupid thing that you think is good. You know what I mean? Nothing you think is good is going to be stupid because this is for you. Um, you want to, and then reflect on it at the end of it. Why did this good thing happen to me? Because I, you know what I mean? Probably because I worked for it. Yeah. For this other stuff I've done so far, that's why I have this good thing. Um, what does this good thing mean to you? And we're reflecting on these things. Um, what can you do tomorrow to enable this good thing again? Uh, and then the last one on that is what ways uh, you or others contribute to it. So it's something very easy. Like this sounds dumb, but an easy one that I use all the time is my car. It's kind of easy old now, but my charger, my black charger, I love that car. Right. And it's at this oh, point. You've had that. Yeah. You've had that for a long time. Yeah. It's my, it's the yeah. second, it's the second black charger I've had. Cause I actually totaled my first one in Missouri when I lived out in uh, oh, okay. Ash Grove. Yeah. But I got the, another one. And I just love those cars right now. I'm just perfectly happy in it. Um, and this one's paid off now, too. And I can just think, like, okay, I have a paid-off car that I love. It sounds like something stupid. But for me, that works. Because it's, not, it's nothing up to be like, oh, yeah, my charger. Because, I mean, it's 10 years old at this point. It's pretty beat up. But I still love it. So then I can yeah. think, you know, why this good thing happened? Because I showed up to work every day like I'm supposed to. You know, and it enabled me to pay for it. Um, you know, I can continue going to work. Because that's going to let me get another one if I have to. And things like that. So, Rather than focus on the negatives that we like to do, is just spend a little bit of time and find some good things in your day. That's a that's a great idea. I love that. I love that. And then yeah, and then just a little bit further, that's going to help us. Is just reflect on why this good thing has happened. What can we do to continue? So it's something that's so simple to do um, that you know a lot of times like oh well that's that's stupid. Well, have you tried it? <laughs> yeah, no. I think that sounds like a great idea. I love you know that. I mean? So, yeah. That's, yeah, that's something that we are, uh, something else that's actually taught in one of the um, Army classes a lot. And uh, the actual title for it, I didn't use it because it's, it's kind of watered down and cheesy in the military lingo. Um, but find the good things and then reflect on why you have them, what, what you can continue to do. So, and then again, you're going to have a couple that you're going to think and they're going to be your go-tos. You know, it's almost like a, put things in perspective. Um, so I didn't mean to rant again. <laughs> I don't think anything, I mean, I don't think anything's too small at mm -hmm. that point, you know, uh, on your list. 
Like nothing's too small to be to be happy about, proud about. I mean, it could be like you said, it can be something. I mean, that's not even that small, but the car thing. Like, I mean, be happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing we can do is it helps to put things in perspective. When you're looking at something uh, you have coming up or a, a challenge, a hurdle, a goal, something looming, you know, soon in the future, something like that, <clears throat> it's very easy to get overwhelmed with that. Mm -hmm. It just takes you over and shuts you down. Mm -hmm. Good way that we can put that thing into perspective is, again, you're going to make a couple lists. They can be mental if you want. Okay, let's run down every terrible scenario for this outcome every possible scenario and again nothing's too big because this is all in your head for you this is the thing right here what's what are all of the worst catastrophic things that can happen make a list and then on the right side of that on the other side you make a list of i don't know how my list started right here but uh, <laughs> on the other side of that yeah you make your list of all of the absolute best case scenarios of just picture perfect world, blue sky, green grass, of all of those ways that could come out. And then you go back to the middle. I don't know why my list keeps going over here. But you go back to the middle, and then you make a list of what's most likely to happen. What are the most likely outcomes? You know, you can take from both sides and then make a list of most likely. And then, I mean, it's in the phrase. It's, these are the most likely outcomes. And you've done away with all of the catastrophic, mind-blowing, terrible things that's going to end humanity. <laughs> to all the greatest things in the world, you know, into what's most likely mm -hmm. going to happen. And then that can help you identify things that you need to do moving forward. That's, yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. I'm, I love that. Love it. Again, I didn't mean to rant. Sorry, trying to. No, I I'm listening. I love, I love all your ideas. These making, making yourself better. Yeah. And it's, again, yeah. I by no means am anybody who's done anything, but I try to practice these to make myself a little bit better. Um, because there's things that can work. You've always been, ever since I've known you, you've always been such a upbeat, positive person. Like, uh, I mean, and to, and to keep that going in your whole life. I mean, that's an amazing thing. Well, I appreciate it. It's, <laughs> it's uh, not easy. I mean, like you said, we're all humans. We all fall off. Definitely. You know, we all definitely. have struggles. Oh, but yeah, being, being transparent helps too. What's up, Sharice? Being transparent with yourself. Um, I tried to do that years ago where ego gets in the way a lot. And I think as soon as you get over yourself in life, it makes things so much easier. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and cause then you don't have to worry about things. It takes a lot of worry out of it. Um, and then again, you can just enjoy the moment more. Um, Absolutely. But too many people are focused again on their ego, like whether it's being a new person in the gym or trying this or trying that, you know, they let, um, self-interest or ego get in the way and then like that's going to stop all of your forward progress at this point yeah you have to focus on yourself and mm -hmm. what what's your what's your goals and what not not what the other person is doing you know you have to focus on you and only you i mean have motivation have people there to motivate you but but don't try to don't try to uh think that you have to be them i guess right and you know if you're focusing on you then i mean that's enough and you're gonna get yeah. back no matter what absolutely again like we said is we're responsible for our own behavior yeah and that's gonna lead to our your own your own behavior leads to your own outcomes not somebody else's yeah definitely i mean that was a 
big thing my early days back in the Marines, where I would go to the gym a lot and just do the conventional stuff because that's all there was really back then. Um, but I would have guys ask, hey, can I go to the gym with you? Will you teach me, you know, teach me how to gym? I was like, okay, cool. But check this out. When we go, like, I do not care how little weight you lift. When we go there and you're lifting, you are lifting for you. Yeah. Don't be looking at all these other people in there. Like, obviously you can. But do not judge yourself off of other people that are going to be in the gym. I yep. do not give a shit what they're doing. I care what you're doing. You need to care what you're doing. They don't care what you're doing. You need to. Don't worry about yeah. what they're doing. Uh, what up? Yeah. You know? right. And uh, I think that's a huge thing, again, because egos get in the way, kind of like, oh, well, I don't want to go and only be lifting. I don't want to go and only curl fives, you know, when everybody else, that dude's curling 45s. Who cares? Right. He's they been don't doing it. Story. They don't what know that? your story. Yeah. That person doesn't know your story, you no. know? And so they don't know your story. They and not to be in a bad way, but they don't really care about your story because what you're doing yeah. doesn't affect them. It doesn't get them paid. It doesn't get their proper nutrition. It doesn't do anything for them. Why are you going to let them affect your outcome? Yeah. And I think that's I what, I, a lot ahead. of my clients, you know, they'll be like, well, how much weight do I need to do on this? You know, I'll give them a workout. How much weight do I need to do on this? I'm not going to tell you how much weight mm -hmm. you need to do because you need to do what you can do. Yeah. Find a weight that is hard and do the reps that you need to do until it's easy again. And then once that becomes easy, you you add some more weight and you make that your hard. And then you add some more weight and you just keep progressing like that and keep making it hard mm -hmm. as long as that's your hard, not somebody else's. Yeah. Go to your hard. Uh, ego lifts, yeah. pain and heartache. That's right. Uh, and then also, too, as a coach, I oh, yeah. see it. Um, and then other times, again, back at Royal, when we'd be doing things, um, you know, one of the most frustrating things for me is seeing somebody limit themselves, where you can tell oh. they can go heavier or harder, um, but they just, they don't have it up here yet. You know yeah. what I mean? They're limiting themselves, and you see it. And I would have a lot, too, with future soldiers. Jared, I'm sure you did, too. He was recruited for a while. Because I would bring a lot of the um, people getting ready to join into Royal and train them and, and you and coach Gallo and Peyton and all y'all were great about helping me out and getting these people ready to join the army. But how many times did you just see them? Like you see it in their face and you see them with their own mental blocks. Right. Cause they're, whether they're intimidated by 135 for the first time and power clean or they'll all never get that blah, blah. And they, they've already said it and you see that. So what are some ways do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I have been, okay, snatching. Like, yeah. snatching is the worst thing. Yes. And you put five pounds on that bar, and it automatically <laughs> shuts my brain down. <laughs> like, I'll have 25, 125 pounds on the bar, but you put you put little two and a half on each side, and my brain shuts down. Yeah. And it's like, I can't do this. Well, it's these little tiny weights. They're like two cribs. <laughs> And you put on, and something about it, it and your brain shuts down. Um, but I finally, I finally told myself somehow, I don't even know how I did it. Like I finally told myself to quit doing that. And, and maybe it's because I stopped counting the weights, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'll put like little, I'll put them on and, and not count them. Yeah. But you know, it's like, finally I got to the point where I could put 135 or 130 or 135 on there, but I got past that mental block. And I think it's just like you, you constantly do something um, over and over and over again. And finally, you're going to get past that, that block. And I mean, it becomes easy. 
the more you do, do it. You, so that's from the perspective of the athlete doing that. As a coach or trainer and you see a client or even a teammate, because we've done team comps and things like that, how do you help somebody else as a client or a fellow athlete or just somebody else in the gym? How do you how do you help them bust through that mental barricade? That's hard because it, it's so different for every single person. It yeah. really is. Like you know, the mental part is is different. The physical part is a little bit you know, a little bit different. Um, but the mental part it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like if I'm working with a powerlifter and they see the weights on the bar and they know what's on there, then they get, <laughs> then they, then they get mentally blocked. Right. Yeah. So, so I'll just tell them, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm not telling you what's on this bar because I know you can do it. Yeah. I said, it could be light. It could, you know, I don't know. I'm not telling you. And they do it. And then I tell them, they're like, okay, that was easy. I'm like, see, I told you you could do it. Mm -hmm. And usually a lot of times that works. Um, Sometimes you maybe have to like show them a video, video something and show them and show them how easy it was. Um, And sometimes that works. Sometimes they just have to get themselves out of it. You know, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, it's not going to help. They have to do it themselves. They have to figure out something inside their brain to make them get past that, that block. Yeah. And then the feeling of once you get past that block is so awesome. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. (laughs) It's almost like, it's almost better than the actual like weight you're lifting, you know, like you're so excited to lift this weight, but then it's like, I actually got past that mental block. Like that's more exciting than lifting the weight, you know? (laughs) And it's like that with, again, all of these things apply across the board, not just fitness. Um, But it's because you, you set goals and then you're chasing them. Right. And you're in your own head about it. Like I chased uh, 225 on power cleans forever. Yeah. Could not get it. Um, You know, get 205 every time. And then 225, I would just get it and come down. It would just shoot out. And I said that to uh, Coach Gallo one time, I went up to Mike, and I was like, dude, I really want to hit 225 on clean. It keeps popping out at the bottom. And you're just like, work on your front squat, dummy. (laughs) And that (laughs) that blew my mind because as soon as he said it, I was like, why have I not been doing that? You know, because it obviously correlates directly with your clean because if you can get under it, you know, you can stand up with it. Yeah, Um, yeah. Then I did that. So that was a good way. uh, That was just a good coach seeing – I'm telling an idiot athlete the obvious, um, right. but it was so much fun, like working with the um, young individuals that were getting ready to join the military. Um, and I think going back to what you were saying with the, you know, okay, I'm going to load this bar, but I'm not telling you how much, or even if you load it up and say, I'm telling you exactly how much this is. If you have a level of trust with them at, with the person that you're helping out, you say, look, trust me, you can do this. I'm not going to tell you you can, if you can't. Yeah. Because yeah. I know failing sucks, and I'm telling you right now, you can do this. You get out of your own way and do it. Um, and maybe because there's something huge difference, you know. Um, but that takes a lot of trust on both people, and being able to identify that, you know, being able to honestly say, "Look, Leslie, I've been watching you do this, and I'm telling you right now, you're you're cutting yourself short. You can add a ten to each side and still hit that." And we would do that actually in the gym still. Even oh, I do that all the time to people in class. Yeah. You know, all, you know, my friends have all go up to the bar. I'm like, what? Really? You yeah. can put more weight on there. And the, most of the time they'll be like, okay. You know, yeah. I, have this, I have this one lady. I love her to death. She's so strong, but she does not know it. Mm-hmm. And every single time I li- I'm in the, I'm in the gym with her, I'll be like, listen, you need to put some more weight on that bar. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she 
trusts me and she knows I know what yeah. I'm talking about. And she does, and she does it easy. And it's, it's just, it's a good feeling for yeah. her and me, you know? A thing that I would do to help keep me accountable um, is again, using Coach Gallo and Matt as, uh, I would have them and I'd go over to them and tell them like, hey, look, if you ever see me, what you can tell them sandbagging, tell me to step it up. But then a lot of times too, once I got to where I could do all the scaled stuff and I was starting to play with RX, I, I may not be sure before one of the wads or something, or even in strength, I'd walk up to either Coach Gallo or Matt, and just, i just walk up to him and be like, I need you to tell me to do this RX right now. <laughs> that was, that's me saying, yeah. like, hey, look, I'm scared to do RX. And then both of them knowing, usually the reply is always like, load that shit up and do RX. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they would know if it was too much and be like, well, you know, but typically it was, they knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. I was just looking for that um, confirmation, I guess. Yeah, the assurance, because I knew that yeah. if it was too much, then they would say, you know, start RX with it and scale if you need to, or just load that shit up and do it, man. Yeah. So definitely. I like doing things like that to help keep myself accountable. Personally, um, people may look at that and see like, well, I don't need anybody else. I don't need them to, but they're there and they're a resource. Right. You know, like I'm invested in their interests and I want to see them do their best. And so, and I know they want to see me do my best. So that's a resource I have right there. And that's what yeah. works for me. So that's what I like doing, you know? I think that's the reason, I mean, we're going in circles, but I think that's the reason I decided to start doing CrossFit. And that's why I love it so much mm -hmm. because you, you constantly have those people there, yep. you know, pushing you, um, reassuring you, comp, you know, telling you, to do more mm -hmm. you know when I, when I work out by myself in the gym it's just not the same like I I feel like I still push myself you know yeah. but I feel like when you have other people there with you dying along with you <laughs> that, yeah yes that it's just I mean you just feed off each other yeah and I just I love that yeah okay. I agree I'm, I'm working out in I think this is Caps Gym Volume 6 at my gym here trying to get myself back into shape where I can go to class again um, cause I fell off pretty hard. I got real sick and then other nagging injuries as I was trying to start again, but it feels great to be moving some weight around again. And I'm so excited just to get back in. Yeah. I want to find a home gym. I've been traveling and bouncing around so much. It's hard to have the continuity of one location, you know, right. at best you just continue to train. But, uh, yeah, I love that. Um, looking forward to that too, being able to go to the same place and making that just family again. Cause it really is. You right. can find it that. Is. If you can oh, find that, embrace it with whatever you do. Again, it doesn't yeah. have to be just fitness, that freaking yeah. photography class or writing class or painting, whatever it is, you know, yeah. find others with that same passion because that's going to make you better. Yeah, definitely. So, and that's going to make yeah. you more resilient. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back to that word. <laughs> yeah. And it is, there, there are go. things that, you know, they can be cheesy. Um, a lot I of people, oh, I don't have time for that or that's just dumb or it's not going to help. Well, stop and try for a second it, it's going to take a little bit of effort you know yeah. like anything else it's not easy it is practiced and it does get easier right you know, just be accountable for your own behavior whether it's good or bad you know well and it's so worth it at the end with the yeah. reward at the end it makes makes that hard work worth it when you when you get those rewards at the end when you meet those goals when you when you lift the weight you've been working so hard to lift, like anything like that, um, it makes that hard work worth it yeah. in the end. Yes, you know? absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, I was talking about the goal thing. Like, that's why I have those goals because because the reward, 
when you get to that point is huge. Yeah. And yeah. It, it feels amazing. The, the feeling you get makes it so worth it. Yeah. And then especially if you enjoy the process along the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. that key thing goes back to finding what you're passionate about. A few last thoughts on um, kind of ways to help stay resilient or, you know, to be resilient. <laughs> this one, I read it. I was like, that makes perfect sense, but people aren't going to like it. It's like, don't try to solve problems with the same thinking that created them. If huh, yeah, thinking, yeah. you can't fix something. Again, typically, um, these are all generalities or typically um, the same thinking that got you into that issue is not going to get you out of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a hard thing for people to change because, again, ego can get in the way. Pride can get in the way. You have to just stop and take a second and be like, okay. I, I talk to myself all the time. Like, all right, check this out, dummy. You're pissed off. <laughs> this, is what, this is what got you into it. <laughs> what do like, you call yourself? Take a couple breaths. I've been called worse by a lot of <laughs> but And that's important, though, to realize, though, is you can't fix the problems with the same mindset that you had. You're just going to keep, keep peeling circles in that same rut. Um, yeah. And, your yeah. yeah, and to go with that, you have to um, become a master of your emotions, which is, again, difficult, especially how it's phrased, like mastering your emotions. If you can learn to control them first, learn to control your emotions. Um, and I had a, I'll tell the story real quick. I learned this one kind of the hard way. I didn't realize it at the time, way back when, when I was in high school playing football. I love high school football. I lived for it. And senior year, we thought we were going to do pretty good. We were always terrible. But then every year we always thought we were going to do good. Come out and we played the worst team in the league, kicked their butts, feeling great. Yeah, we're, we're here this year. Uh, week two, we played like the other team that was going to be right there with us. Um, one of us were going to be better than the other that season. Um, I think we lost to them, but it was close. And then week three, though, was like the best team almost in the state. They, it's foregone conclusion they were going to kick our butts. But, <laughs> We had ourselves built up that we were going to stand up with them this time. We we're going to play. But before that game day, Friday, um, this is how long ago it was. I had a discman with the headphones and the cord oh, put on. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I so had one Okay. Oh, yeah. I still rocked them. Um, <laughs> but it was probably around 4 p.m. because game time was 7. So I was at home just chilling for a little bit before I had to be to the locker room. And I'm pretty sure it was Metallica Inner Sandman album that I had on. Right, just laying in my bed, I put that on and was just, I got myself so amped and geared up, right? Like, yeah, blah, blah, we're gonna kick that, blah, blah, blah. Then I got to the locker room, whatever time, and then I remember thinking, like, during the first snap, like, I felt flat. I, even how excited I was, now at this point, now it's 7 p.m., three hours after I was amping myself up, I just, I remember thinking this still, I was like, I don't know why I feel flat, man, I can't get that energy back. I'm just, I'm still doing it and everything, but it's difficult mentally. I realized later, once I learned about all the chemicals and dopamine and cortisol, all that stuff, you know, all the internal chemicals, I had initiated my um, dopamine adrenaline dump way too soon. Oh, Got yeah. Got my emotions all amped up, excited, raging, all of this yeah. stuff. I emotionally had let it all blow up three hours prior to kickoff. But I didn't know oh. any better, right? Fast forward a long time into the military, and now I know about this stuff how to use it now, I can control my emotions. Um, so rather than now, I look back on it, it's like, you were such an idiot, dude. You know, <laughs> blowing your adrenaline dump three hours before game time, um, and then at seven, you're flat. So you can do that, I think, I guarantee you, you do it in your shows, in your training, things like that, whether you know it or not. 
Um, oh, yeah. Subconsciously, sure. you've learned, hey, if I get all excited and amped up, you know, two hours before a meet or I'm stepping on stage or something like this, I'm going to, I'm peaking wrong. You know, do you yeah. have that, those thoughts at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh. I mean, the adrenaline is a crazy thing because even, you know, doing the CrossFit competitions and stuff, like you have multiple workouts. Mm -hmm. So you have your adrenaline and for the first workout and then you dump. And then you have to have another adrenaline spike before the next workout, yeah. like two hours later. Um, but it is, it's a real thing. Like you can't, you, you can't like do it too, too early either because then you'll get into your workout and you're just going to die. Yeah. But then the, the crazy part is like after the competitions the next day, how terrible you feel, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, like, that's from just the physical like beating that you self-inflicted. Oh my gosh, your whole body, you're just exhausted, mm -hmm. you know, even though oh. it's way less than what you'd normally would do in a, in a workout in a mm -hmm. day, but it's like all that adrenaline high and low, it's like you just crash. And that's something day. else though, again, controlling your emotions goes across the board with everything else. Whether it's a business meeting you have coming up, a final test, a, a paper you have to write, uh, whatever you're doing, you know you can have that same dump where you get yourself all amped up. And then when it's time to perform, you're flat and you've already, you've already shot it back here. I think that can apply with anything. If you're controlling your emotions, you're going to control that internal um, dump that you, when you need it. Yeah. I mean, I keep yeah. it calm. This is on a ton of patrols in, in Iraq, mostly with my younger guys. Um, you know, we'd have a, a patrol or whatever going out tonight and I'd see my dudes like starting to get amped up, you know, this and that. I'm just excited in the thrill of going out and I have to I've kind of talk to them about that too. It's like, Hey, just chill out and relax right now. This is the time to relax because I'm going to need you focused and, and ready and on it. When we go out, we're not yeah. asking yet. So relax yeah. until we get in. And even a lot of times it's tough. And with anything else, even like sporting events, cause you get yourself warmed up under the bleachers, you know, and you can hear all the stage and it's like, you get warmed up and you kind of move on like, Hey, 20 minute delay. Well, shit. You know, yeah. like you have to chill well, and then all this stuff, you're waiting <laughs> for your heat. And it's the same thing on patrols because um, you, you meet up, you do your stuff, you talk about it. And then you even you load up and you roll to the gate. Well, you can get stuck trying to go out of the gate for a long time, for an hour, you know, 20 minutes, something changes. Mm. So, again, controlling your emotions, being able to stay calm until, you know, it's time to, to cross the wire or to step on the mat and throw down, mm -hmm. you know, then that's important for everything, being able to control those emotions is going to make life a lot easier for you. Yeah, you got to learn how to chill out too, whenever mm -hmm. you know, and like relax and get your mind off things. Um, I'm glad you, know. you said that uh, because this is something again that's practiced to compartmentalize. Oh yeah. How, yeah. Do you ever? Do you know what I'm talking? Do you ever do that? Well. What's up, Shell? Not, not necessarily. Like like. I mean, explain what you're saying. So it's it's a real easy concept that's hard to practice, really. But when you compartmentalize something, you take, just like you said, you take all of those outside other things. Maybe I'm whatever, something. You take a lot of things that may be stressful. Um, your kid got in trouble at school. This happened. You lost three clients. This is happening. You get all these other things going on in life, right? And then it's time to step on the mat um, to throw down and compete or showing up to a big business meeting or something like that. Um, it's being able to take all those other things. I picture in my mind, like no kidding, I have a huge steel file cabinet, a lot of drawers. And I put those things in these drawers and then put really? it 
they're there. I know right where they're at. Yeah. It's not forgetting yeah. about my problems. I'm not just saying, oh, okay, it doesn't matter. Not at all. I'm storing them in my file cabinet. So they're there. And now I can focus on dealing with what I need to right now. And when yeah. I'm done with this, I can go back and <laughs> all my problems are still going to be there in my file cabinet. Yeah. I think we do that too. That's another thing I love about CrossFit. And again, you probably do without knowing it. Just because I do, I do. When you said that, I do that exactly. That's why I go to the gym so I can take my mind off of everything else going on. I go to the gym, and that's all I'm thinking about is yep. what I'm doing at the gym. You know, um, it, competitions too. You know, I, I focus on what I'm doing there, and when I'm in the middle of a workout, that's what I'm focusing on, and shut everything else out. And yeah, I, that's it's kind of my my stress relief and my my uh, what am I what am I trying to say? my my me time my gym is like my me time that's where i go to de-stress that's where i go to not think about anything else completely shut my brain down and just focus on working out yeah you know and you can again you can do that across the board with things and i've heard people say you know it's kind of a natural emotion to say well you shouldn't be able to not think about this or how can you not blah blah, blah. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not ignoring these things that's yeah. still right there for when I need to come back and I can deal with them appropriately. You know, it's not yeah. in it, but it's hard to do, especially with like it's more severe things like, you know, the death of somebody, um, yeah. you know, mom or dad or something. I mean, something big like that, that natural tendency. That's you can't, you just yeah. can't do that. You need to mourn. But also if you have something else, like after the funeral, this or that, you, it's still okay to compartmentalize that if you have something else to do. That's where it's very hard to say, like, well, who am I not to be mourning? I need to be mourning right now. Well, yeah, there's a time. I'd always tell my guys, too, like, hey, there's a season. There's a season for everything. Um, but if you've got something to do, you can put that mourning and that loss right here. It's nice and secure. It's not going anywhere. If you have, like, real things you need to deal with, then put them right there. Deal with what you need to sensibly. And then come right back to them. And there you are. And you can mourn again in peace at night, you know, when, when you can. It's hard to do Absolutely. on that big of a scale. It's hard because it's very easy to think like, who am I to, to put this in here? You yeah. Know, who am I yeah. to not be pissed off right now? It's hard, but it's doable. It is hard. It's hundred percent. I mean, it really is hard. We have been yeah, on. I'm surprised it hasn't, I'm surprised it hasn't uh, shut us off already. Um, I could talk to you all night. Um, I know. I know. I miss you. I wish I could be, give you a big I hug. I know. Right I know. As soon as I saw you, I wanted to give you a hug. I Hopefully know. I'll come through Missouri again. I've got a few friends left there. Um, I love everything you guys still are doing. Here, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I'll come back through. Um, one of my other buddies actually just moved back there and started working. So um, what's going on? Just in time to hear say goodbye. Um, but if you love to, I've got um, several more of these weeks to do. Um, we'll see if our schedules align again. Have you on? Yeah, definitely. Leslie, I love it. thank you so much for taking some time. You and John, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Can't wait to see you again. And uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun talking to you. You too. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. Okay. All righty. See ya. Bye.